comic book fans, here from Comic Books Transformed, and today we're going to talk about a show that just premiered on HBO Max, a show that everyone is talking about, The Last of Us. Now, Brian, I think there actually is a Last of Us comic, right? Um, yeah, I think there is a comic. I think I looked that up as, as uh, I like to adhere to our general rule of something being in a comic book form at some point. Yeah. <laughs> And I think that like it was like Dark Horse or somebody published it, but a lot of times nowadays, Dark Horse and maybe like I don't know, Image or Boom, some of the you know established uh, combo companies will adapt video games. I know there's even like an Avatar comic that um, Dark Horse put out recently. It like, is Dark Horse, by the way. <laughs> what, what's up? It is Dark Horse, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like they they grab licenses whenever they can, and so. Um, Brian and I, obviously, if you're new to the channel, we cover adaptations of um, comic books into streaming shows and movies. And this time around, we just want to talk about The Last of Us, just because you're like such a big fan of the game, right, Brian? I am a, I am a big fan of the game, uh, although I I have a lot to say about the show so far. Okay, okay. I haven't written notes, so usually I'm pretty good at like writing down the names and the, the people behind the scenes and stuff. But I'm going to be a little sloppy this time around. My main thing that I want to talk to you about was how similar is this to the game, narrative-wise, so far? Very. Um, so they they obviously are adding a bit here. The first episode clocked in at about an hour and 20 minutes or so. And yeah. that covers approximately the first 30 or 40 minutes of the game. Um, so, like, the intro, you know, in the past, um, you actually play as uh, – Joel's daughter Sarah in the intro to learn the control, which is kind of cool, um, and that that gets fleshed out a bit more because I think we got about forty minutes, thirty or forty minutes of that. Okay, and that's about fifteen minutes of the, of the game, and then um, the other than that, you know, you're essentially the you know the flash forward uh, is relatively the same. You, you know, you still have Tess, you still have uh, Ellie and uh, Marlena and the Fireflies. I think the only major difference really was. Um, that Joel was not actively look, wanting to look for Tommy. They had like a falling out and uh, he, he didn't want anything to do with them. Or Tommy didn't want anything to do with Joel, I believe. Okay. Uh, that's really the only major like difference I've noticed so, so far, other than, you know, they fleshed out, you know, the, the, the general setting a little more uh, mm. in that quarantine zone and even what life was before the outbreak. Okay. Yeah. Um, I th okay. So first off, th you answered a couple of my questions there. And isn't it, it's Marlene, right? Is the name of that woman? Yeah. And then the actress that played Marlene. Marlene is the leader of the Fireflies, the terrorist organization. The, the woman uh, that, that Joel is living with, Tess, who is played by Anna Torf, um, That I just want to make sure that we're distinguishing them properly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because um, what's cool about HBO Max is that they have these little vignettes after the show sometimes where they talk about the show and that specific episode. And I watched that for The Last of Us and the actress that played Marlene said that she auditioned for Marlene in, when the game was going to come out in like, I think 2013. 2013, um, yeah, it was the original game. And she said that, I, th I think she said that she didn't get the part. And so that she's sort of like aged up and has become Marlene on the show. And I, I just thought that was such a cool thing. I've never heard of that before. She does look very much like the character. Okay. Uh, I will say that. Um, Tess looks a little different. Um, I mean, Joel looks pretty spot on, even though, you know, 
Pedro Pascal is, uh, I mean, Joel was white. He was a, you know, a good old Southern boy um, and, and all that. But, you know, otherwise looks pretty spot on. Ellie looks spot on too, honestly. Um, although I, I guess, I guess ultimately, you know, early in the PS3 days, when this, oh no, this was PS, this had to be PS3. Um, there were two games that came out on, on PlayStation where there were characters that were like heavily looked like um, Elliot Page or at the time Ellen Page. Right. And this was one of them. Ellie was one of them. Like she, like if you looked at the, the game, you like, that's Ellen Page or Elliot Page now. Right. Uh, so it still looks very close to what it does in the game. Right. So they didn't use Elliot Page to play that character? Like they didn't no. like use. No. no. Uh, the original voice actors, Joel was um, Troy Baker and uh, Ellie was Ashley Johnson. Uh, but they, they've both done a lot of uh, video game and anime work. Yeah. Yeah. So. Talking about the video game, um, I, I went and hung out with my friend Colin over the weekend, and Colin was telling me just how awesome the game is. And the game seems to have like a real devoted following. He was saying that what works so well at the game is um, just this sort of like this sense of like kind of misery and darkness and, and how rough it is for the characters. Uh, would you say that's the main appeal for you, like the world itself? So, uh, so before I, I didn't exactly answer your question about me being a big fan of the game. I do really like this game a lot. I think it is really, really good. But at the same time, I do think it gets, and it probably is one of the most, if not the most cinematic game I've played. Um, but I do think it gets a little bit overhyped. Okay. Um, I don't think there's anything like startlingly new or innovative about it. Yeah. That, someone that hasn't read or watched the walking dead uh comic or show or played the telltale walking dead game i think uh one of those things where if not all of them touch upon a lot of these same kind of things in here and what's really good about this is this game is the um just the dialogue and the back and forth between joel and ellie and okay. how their relationship progresses over the course of the game mm -hmm. um, but in terms of like you know the setting, the, the, the that that darkness and misery and foreboding uh, around. Yeah. Um, I don't think that that's anything necessarily new. It it does feel like sort of more like a movie, but at the same time, it's um, you know it's a video game, so you have to obviously it has to be like a lot of enemies for you to fight or get around or avoid. Yeah. And um, sometimes I normally don't say things like this, but it's like it almost seems like the combat in there takes away from it because you're murdering so many things and it's, <laughs> like, it's like there's these nice moments here and then you know you have to kill like 30 clickers or like a bunch of like terror or like you know scavenger guys or whatever and it's, it's like so much of that that it, it reminds like oh this is a game this isn't a show okay. so and a lot of the game is really just joel and ellie traveling through and there are parts where you run into other characters like that but usually it's like a one-off and, um, and and that's it. And then you murder them. Um, <laughs> so I'm really curious to see how the show adapts that. Yeah. So far, they they seem to be doing a really good job of it. But okay. you know, the first 45 minutes or so of the game, you know, you are interacting with a lot more characters than you do for the rest of the game. Interesting. Okay. So um, I'm assuming, based on what you just told me, that that cold open they have, where it's like a talk show in like I think the 60s. That's not in the game at all, right? No, it's not. It's not in the game. But that was a nice touch. Though. I really thought that was kind of cool. 
That was awesome. See, this is one of those parts where if I had done the notes, I would have that actor's name, but it's that guy that's in Four Weddings and a Funeral, and he's also in the Mummy franchise, the Brendan Fraser Mummy movies. Oh, I didn't notice that. Okay. He's the guy that does that whole speech about fungi or like a fungus kind of taking over, and it's this great sequence. And one thing I really loved about that sequence was as he's describing this bleak stuff, there's, there's actually two things I really like about it. I really like how the talk show host kind of like is mugging for the camera and for the audience when he's asking his questions and he's like interrupting people and making jokes. Yeah. I like that. I like how he starts to just freeze and stop mugging and just like focus on what the guy's saying. And I also liked how as the scientist is talking about people getting taken over by this fungus, we cut to people in the audience and they almost look like they're like androids or something. They're just kind of oh, no, They're all stunned but by like how disturbing it all sounds, you know? Right, right. But I, your bodily autonomy, but kind of being aware of it is um, is really frightening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I know that like this concept, maybe it's original from the game, but I know that other things have used this concept too now at this point with the idea of like spores taking over. There's this one book um, that's about zombies called The Girl with All the Gifts. And it's by uh, Mike Carey or MR Carey. They made it into a movie too. And I'm pretty sure that he has a similar concept where it's like a spore that takes over people's minds too. Um, But I think he would have taken it from this game if he was inspired. I don't think it's the other way around. Um, But one other thing I want to touch upon was that the beginning of the show, the part that you said you play as Joel's daughter takes place in Austin, Texas in 2003. Oh, no, that's not when you moved to to Texas, was it? No, no, no. I've lived here since... (laughs) 2009 for me living here but um i was gonna say that it's it's a lot of fun watching a zombie apocalypse begin like in your hometown because i mean we've had zombie apocalypses begin in new york too right like we've seen that um but i've never seen one in austin and as they're going through the sequences i I see like you know first you see this neighborhood that joel lives in then when shit hits the fan they're starting to drive and then they they kind of go into a city and it looks like Austin, but I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be Austin. Like you have been to Austin at one point or now? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember sixth street? Yeah. I've been there. Yep. Okay. So, so, and okay. And I think we probably should have said this too, but like spoilers for this first episode. Yeah. And, and I'm hoping I'm going to tell you too, if, if you could refrain from spoiling the game for me, because I, I, I do like the idea of like going in fresh for this. Of course. Yeah. I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> so anyway, um, I already spoiled two things for you. <laughs> I, well, yeah, you said it's a lot of murdering, but that's cool. But anyway, um, the uh, the Sixth Street part, like th- there was a part where I was like, okay, well, is that supposed to be Sixth Street? Because it, it didn't like look exactly like Sixth Street, but it was set up like it, and there was a shit ton of people in it. So I was like, that has to be Sixth Street, right? Um, but I thought that was really well done. That sequence where like the zombies just start crashing through the buildings and coming out. Yeah, no, it was good, but uh, but uh, again, it's like it was good, and you know they, they do evoke that kind of emotion of, of of terror and you know and ultimately tragedy for what happens, but it's not anything we haven't seen before, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had mentioned. I mean, I just mentioned like how we've seen apocalyptic movies in like New York, right? And there's a great sequence in the beginning of um, World War Z, right, where Brad Pitt's family is trying to get out of New York, and it always kind of has that same pattern, right, where it's like you start to hear like things on the radio like oh there's a weird occurrence here and then like maybe you see some cop cars go by then there's an explosion then then you see people starting to freak out 
right? Yeah, that's that's, that's what we're right. happening step by step in the toilet here. Right, right. Um, is that what it's like in the game too? Yeah, exactly like that. Yeah, I mean, they, there was even a lot of recreated shots. I, I would say too. Um, oh, t- tell me about some of those. I want to know, like, some of the recreated shots. Uh, well, I mean the the scene where where um, you know with the car crash. And and the events that that happen after it. So you know the car crash. They he, Joel pulls Ellie out and he starts carrying her and the scene with the shoulder. That was pretty much shot for shot the game. Um, the scene with uh, towards the end of the episode when they are um, with the, the the soldier catches um, Joel and Tess and Ellie outside outside the uh, the quarantine zone and they're scanning them. You know they go down the line, Tess, Joel, and then Ellie, and she takes her knife and stabs them because she doesn't want to get scanned at that point. So right. like those are pretty much shot for shot uh, there. Okay, so so in the game, Joel is a smuggler. Yes. Okay, and so he like smuggles drugs and stuff. Um. Yeah, he smuggles stuff from outside the quarantine zone. Essentially, uh, I, I don't exactly remember it was particularly drugs. Yeah, uh, but it was just smuggling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. It's it's so funny because there's such a leap from that Austin sequence in the beginning and then the post-apocalyptic world. Um, I watched this show with my wife and my wife is usually pretty critical of genre stuff. Like she doesn't like genre stuff. And especially if it's like, oh, well, we've seen that before, which you, you kind of alluded to a couple of times. You know, we've seen yeah. so much of this. Um, but I have to say that my wife really, really loved that first half where it's like the pre-apocalypse. Yeah. Um, she thought it was really well done and, and she particularly liked how you follow Joel's daughter and then like she dies, but you know, you're, you're so attached to her. And I think that that actress, have, have you seen her in anything else before? I have not, but that is Tandy Newton's daughter. <gasps> Holy shit. Okay. That explains why she looked familiar. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So somebody else did the notes today. Jeez. <laughs> um, she was so great. It, it, like you said, it's very similar to the game. Does she kind of have that same kind of sequence, or like she goes to the neighbor's house and there's something freaky there? And um, I don't think she goes to the neighbor. I think this she hears things on the radio. She's in the house and she like hears noises downstairs, and she goes downstairs where her dad's like loading up a gun, saying something's wrong with the neighbors. Okay. Um, I don't think she actually. That was one of the things they kind of fleshed out. Like she doesn't have that interaction with the neighbors at all. Mm-hmm. And um, speaking of that too, um, I. I think I think this was a, said on the official, like Last of Us HBO com- companion podcast, which is actually hosted by Troy Baker, who's the voice of Joel in the game. That's cool. Uh, and my wife told me this uh, that they they left that they one of the producers or writers or creators said something like, "We left a trail of breadcrumbs to for you to figure out how the the apocalypse started," which oh, they don't. Okay which they don't get into in the game. They don't tell you how or why it started, but you'll notice that, um, you know, they emphasize the word breadcrumbs and you'll notice that several times in the episode, people avoided or insinuated that they don't eat bread or didn't eat something that contained flour. So essentially they're, I think they're implying that the outbreak was caused by contaminated flour. Oh, holy shit. Okay. Um, uh, Joel says that he's on the Atkins diet. Um, they don't eat pancakes for breakfast. Uh, they don't ha- eat a cake for Joel's birthday. Wow. Uh, I think there was something else. Oh, oh and, um, and they, they well, when he says, um, when Joel says he's on Atkins, it's because his neighbor offers them biscuit. 
and you see the older lady who was the first person you see yeah. attracted to eat it. And uh, also, Ellie doesn't eat the cookies because they have raisins in them. Wow. <laughs> wow. That is, that just blew my mind, man. That is awesome. So that, I mean, I don't know if they're going to like really follow up on that yeah. in terms of the story, but like, I'm actually like, like impressed by that. I'm impressed. Like, yeah. Just, just, like, throwing that in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I maybe you can confirm this for me. I'll have to look it up for next episode, but. I'm pretty sure the people that made the show, the two showrunners, are from that um, show Chernobyl, that was on HBO. Uh, I actually I don't know, and I haven't seen Chernobyl, so I'm not I'm not the. Yeah, Chernobyl is one of those things where it's just like every time I heard someone talking about it, they were always raving about how good it was, and you yeah. see all these memes and these gifs from it. I, I want to watch it eventually, especially if the people that made this show made it too. Yeah. Um, that's one concern that I always have when they adapt things. Like, you know, if we're talking about post-apocalyptic zombie stories being adapted to a show, like you already mentioned The Walking Dead, um, I felt like there was like unnecessary padding even within that first season of The Walking Dead where what they added did not improve the story. It just made it feel like you were just kind of stretching things out. I haven't played the game, so I can't speak for that. But... Um, I was worried that maybe they were going to add things that were kind of like boring additions or like superfluous. But what was interesting to me is the world felt very like thought out and planned and it felt more planned than I thought a video game would be, you know, because like, I think there's certain video game worlds, like one of your favorites, Mass Effect, where it's like very clear that they like spent a ton of time planning the world out. Um, but, but I think so much of a video game is an experience and they're much more concerned about experience than like world building. But I thought that the world building of this was really well done. Is it like that in the game too? Yeah, the world, yeah, the world building is very, uh, very well done, I'd say. Um, and and I, I also do think that there's a lot more games that go like all in on that world building than you expect. Yeah. Um, there are tons of, of games with tons of, that just like pile on the world. <laughs> is it is that like Fallout game a good example? Yeah, Fallout's a great example. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I was gonna say is that you know when we cut to the future, they have this one scene that you almost kind of forget about because first of all, I watched it in two segments, right? Me and my wife watched like an hour, and then we watched like the other like half the next night. Um, but we saw this one sequence where this little boy comes walking in, and they they scan him. And I don't really think you see like clearly right in your face. Like no one holds up that little scanner and says like he's infected. No, it's red. It's, it shows a red screen. Right, right. But it, it's so subtly done that like it, it's like behind the kid's back, and the other person's just going like, "Here's the thing," and then they give the kid an inf uh, an injection, and you don't see anything. Like the kid doesn't die, but the implication is that that kid they killed the kid, right? Uh, um, you do actually see. You actually see Joel throw the body in the fire. So yeah, you, you see, you don't see the kid's face, but the, the shirt and the pants are the same. And I think what's really like the the best part about that scene is that they, you know, the, those soldiers they see that red diagnosis. They say like, "Oh, everything's gonna be great. We're gonna give you all this candy and these toys, and everything's gonna be great and fine." And they give them the shot, and they make you feel feel all better. And then the next thing you see is, you know, uh, it, it, the body in the back of a truck, and then it gets burned in a big fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man. So. Um... You know, just, just so I got my world building correct, it's essentially that everyone lives within, like, the QZ, which I'm assuming stands for quarantine zone. It's behind a wall. Um, the military runs everything. 
and there are forces uh there's the fireflies who are essentially like rebels that think that i guess the military is too evasive or too powerful and um i guess the idea is that i'm sorry was that too restrictive too restrictive and i think that the game it came out after the firefly show right um you mean like like sci-fi, Joss Whedon, Firefly? Joss Whedon, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like, I mean, are they called Fireflies because they blow things up, or... Um, not... I don't know if they ever really explain why they were called Fireflies. Like, I can look that up for next time. I don't yeah, really yeah, Because it's not like, it's not like a little thing where they're like, we were inspired by this show that was on Fox, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't, I don't think so, but I, I wouldn't be surprised either at the same time, you know? Right, because, I mean, the Firefly of the show is about rebels against, like, an oppressive kind of militaristic, you know, empire kind of thing. But also, I believe, didn't Firefly come out in 2005? Oh, so in the game, it's this, it's the same. After the outbreak. Okay, so in the game, it's 2003, too, for the outbreak? Um, I, I want to, you know what, I'm not sure when it is, but I believe it is a 20-year time jump. Yeah. I was actually shocked at like how far it jumped ahead. I was like, "Oh shit, that that's a long that's, time." Yeah, yeah. Um, so okay, so so tell me, what do you think about the performances from the actors? Because you know these characters, you've li you've lived with these characters. What do you think uh, about their? Everything is pretty great. Everyone's spot on. I, I really like everybody so far. I mean, the main emphasis, as I mentioned, is on Joel and Ellie and their relationship back and forth. Um, as you can tell, you know, starting off, they're kind of like a little prickly towards each other they're not really even trusting of each other um and you know you'll see that change over time there you know um joel's very closed off because he just doesn't he doesn't want to be attached to someone that reminds him of his daughter and ellie is just you know she's a kid in this ridiculously you know dystopian world um and then she, you know she's been through a lot of things too so she's not very trusting either okay um what about anna torv and her character um yeah Tess was pretty spot on i mean I, i'm a big fan of anna Torv, although i i guess i really only know her from fringe right God, I love fringe but i think yeah. she's doing a great job too um and as i mentioned before like uh marlene or marlena i forget which one it is Mar marlene they said on the show marlene, yeah. like really does look exactly like the game character and i'm thinking about it that's awesome um you know me and i hate like exposition dumps i i do feel like they they did kind of explain things a little bit like, you know, it's like, oh, well, we're doing this because of this, especially like the Firefly people. But um, everything did seem natural. And I, I didn't feel like they were holding the audience's hand to explain this new world. It was very much like we're in this world. You kind of have to put two and two together to understand the whole thing. Um, and I, I liked that it was like this fleshed out world that was already established, you know? Um, what do you call it? Do you, how many episodes is it supposed to be altogether? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I would imagine there's probably something in the eight to 10 range. Okay. And is there only two games? There's only two games. Yes. Um, okay. there, yeah. So the original game came out in 2013. They remastered it in uh, about 2015, 2016, something like that for PS4. Uh, then there was the last of us two, uh, which I actually have not played. Um, and then they're actually remaking one for PS5, uh, which should come out um, this year or next year. I'm not sure. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, is, do you have any complaints about the show at all? 
Um, I mean, I, I've, I've kind of said it. It's just like, I, I do think it's a little bit overhyped. As I mentioned, I, I, I do think it's really well done. I think both the game and the show is getting a little overhyped. Um, okay. It's a okay. really great game. It is really cinematic. But I, I don't think it's like the greatest thing I've ever seen or played or anything like that. It is really good top of the line stuff. Though. Mm-hmm. And same thing with the show. Like, I, like we've seen, like we've read zombie comics. We've seen tons of zombie movies. We've watched at least part of The Walking Dead or read the comics. Um, and I think, um, you know, in terms of the, the the tale they're trying to tell here, um, I, I, I didn't realize I said that, but. Um, Sounds good. <laughs> no, no, no. But I, I'm saying is that, that the kind of relationship thing with, with, with you know, the, the father and a surrogate daughter, they also do that in the, in the first Telltale Walking Dead game. Oh, okay. and, I think, and I think, honestly, that did it better than The Last of Us. Okay. Like, I remember, like, going through that game was, um, was more emotionally impactful to me than playing through The Last of Us. Whoa. Okay. Okay. Although, I mean, I mean, that that game was really based more on story and just choices rather than like action or anything like that. And this is more of a less of us is more of an action oriented game. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I, I know those Telltale games are yeah more like you're just sort of making choices every so often, but it's like more like you're just watching a movie almost. Yeah, it's like an interactive book or story more so. I mean, you do do a couple things here and there. Yeah, but uh, I mean, like you know you could argue that last of us is actually a stealth game you know <laughs> yeah um well for me I- i'm a big big hbo fan and like so much of my time that i watch shows with my wife or i watch those for our channels are because we're watching hbo things hbo kind of always uses the same kind of crop of actors they often use uh, the same directors for their projects the opening credits they must use like the same studio that does like the opening credits for like westworld and you know, uh, Game of Thrones. Um, for HBO, they really do get some excellent actors. And as I saw the upcoming, like, in the weeks to come, part of the very end of the episode, I saw that um, Melanie Linsky is going to be in the show for, like, maybe a brief moment. Uh, what's his face? Fucking the guy from Parks and Rec. And what Oh, yeah. Um, uh, oh, my God. It's Ron Swanson. Uh, <laughs> Nick Offerman. Nick, thank you so much. Nick Offerman. And he was talking to a man they showed. Um, Sherry and I just watched the first season of The White Lotus, which we really love. And the guy who's like the host of The White Lotus is this New Zealand guy named Armand. If I had done notes, I would know the actor's name, but he was fantastic on that show. Looks like him and Nick Offerman are like in it together later in the show. Um, Pedro Pascal is just like living his fucking best life right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> Having this and The Mandalorian. Um, so, I mean, when I think of Pedro Pascal and I think, okay, so I've seen him on Game of Thrones at this point, The Mandalorian and Kingsman 2, whatever the fuck that's called, like the drug queen or whatever it's called. In circle? But yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the bland, regular title. Um, and I, I don't mean to shit on Kingsman 2. It's just I love Kingsman so much. And well, Kingsman 2, I think, Kingsman is kind of was was so much better than Kingsman 2. And is Kingsman 1 is so much better than the comic. Like, right. <laughs> It's, it's one of those rare things where, like, you know, like, they really did improve upon it with the movie. Right, 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 exactly. Kind of like, I feel like The Boys, but, you know, you and I kind of disagree about that sometimes, too. Yeah, no, I, I, The Boys has up and down. This one, like, to me, it's like, it's clearly 100% no, like, you can, there's no argument to make. Right, right, right. 
Well, um, I, I bring up Kingsman too because Pedro Pascal's in that, and like he's sort of this over the top. I mean, spoilers for that, but he's like a hero, but he turns out to be a traitor. Um, but I think in everything he's good, and he really does a fantastic job being this like single dad at the beginning of the show. And when his daughter dies, he he certainly conveys it. It's very upsetting. Um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him, but just and please don't spoil this for me. I know you won't, but like. Um, Assuming that you know he's on the Mandalorian, I'm guessing that his character, you know, <laughs> might potentially die. Well, I, mean, I mean, he's not really on the Mandalorian all as much as you think. You know, I mean, he's how often does he take his mask off? I mean, how often do you think he's actually in the suit when they're filming Mandalorian? Okay, so I actually think about that sometimes because he they they've claimed that he is in that armor all the time, but I always kind of think of it as like, oh, is it just like Doom Patrol? Where it's like Brendan Fraser and the other guy, and oh, yeah, you know, no, there's somebody else that that like his stunt double or whatever. Like I, I I read articles about how the stunt double like mimics his walk or practices his walk to so he, it looks like you can't tell. Uh, and I remember, and Pedro Pascal has said that you know um, Disney gave him a lot of freedom to work on other things. Uh, oh. I mean, it, it is kind of crazy that that this show and Mandalorian season three were had to have been filmed at the same time, basically. Wow. wow. At some point, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And you and I are going to cover Mandalorian season three when it comes on too. And yeah, then, we're just going to have a whole quarter year about Pedro Pascal. Yeah, too bad he's not going to be an Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Yeah, he well, maybe he'll show up in something else uh, by the end of the year. Yeah, maybe. Cool. Well, uh, do you have anything else you want to say about The Last of Us, the first episode? Uh, no, but I'm, I'm looking forward to watching the rest. Yeah, I'm really, really glad that you recommended that we cover this because I really enjoyed that first episode. I feel the same as you where it's like, okay, we've seen a lot of this, but I think it was very well done. And as far as video game adaptations go, I think it was like one of the better ones. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's a tough market for video games. Um, you know, there aren't too many things that are starting off as a game and be and turn into something well-made uh, you know, movie-wise or anything. So um, it, it's definitely in high regards, but that bar is not that high. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. Mortal Kombat Annihilation is a little bit lower than this, right? So, I mean, one of the few things I would think of would be like Castlevania. The Castlevania anime was like pretty damn good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that sometimes, yeah, yeah. The the, the cartoon adaptations can be real good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even some of the movie ones, too. Um, but yeah. So, um, if you guys are new to Comic Books Transformed, Brian and I make videos once a week. Sometimes the day rotates. I think for this one, we're going to be recording on Thursdays. The video will go up on Friday mornings. So you can get a new video every Friday morning. Uh, but make sure you guys subscribe. And please tell us if you're a fan of the game, if you're a fan of the show, if you're a fan of Pedro Pascal when he's not in armor. And uh, we will see you guys next Friday. Thank you. <laughs> All right.